You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, presented by Nest Bedding. The three-time manager of the year sits down with Chris Townsend, exclusively on A's Cast. Visit nestbedding.com today. Here now is Chris Townsend. It's time now for the Bob Melvin Show, brought to you by Nest Bedding. Love where you sleep. Go to their locations in the Bay Area or go online to nestbedding.com and use the coupon code OAKLAND to get 10% off your entire order. Bedding, beds, you name it. Bob, how are you? You got 10 games left. It's an interesting time of the season. It is. And and believe it or not, I'm in good spirits today. You know, you have to put away tough ones and you have to come out the next day knowing there's 10 games left and put everything into these 10 games. And that's what we're going to do. So as, uh, as deflating as it's been uh, to lose three games in a row after winning five and feeling like we're on a roll, and now we're in third place. You, you can't focus on that. You have to focus on today's game and winning that. And usually a win cures all ills. How much do you have to, that kind of optimism that you have this morning, that you have to instill into your clubhouse and make sure that your guys are feeling that way going, no matter what, you're not out of it yet. Yeah, you know, and that's what our, our coaching staff is really good about that too. So they know, you know, the players know we get here early, we're prepared, we're ready to go, we're upbeat, and, and they feel it the minute they get here. Uh, the fact of the matter is most of the guys, uh, a lot of our guys have been here. They know the way we operate, they know, know the way we are on a particular day, and I sensed pretty good spirits when they came in this morning. So, like I said, you win a game, uh, you can put those other games in the past and, and look forward instead of behind you. You guys have been real streaky this year, streaky good and then streaky bad. Why do you think you've been so streaky? Uh, you know, it's a good question. If I if I knew the answer to that, I would I would have something for you, and I would have something for our guys too. Um, you know, it's 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 odd because I do know that we haven't matched up very well in our facets. You know, we we the times when we swing the bat well, we don't pitch well. The times we pitch well, we don't swing the bats well. So that has something to do with the with the streakiness part of it. But um, it is more than more so than other years. We've been up and down. It's been a roller coaster, and it started at the beginning of the year when we lost six in a row, and the next thing you know, we win thirteen in a row. So it's been an issue for us this year, and hopefully, we can put one of those streaks together in these last ten. That's on the upside as opposed to the downside. You know, and, and a tough one has been obviously the Seattle Mariners. I mean, there's no rhyme or reason. Uh, why really you've struggled against the Mariners, but it's been tough. Like, how big is this game today here on this Thursday with 10, game, 10 games left? Yeah, I mean, there you know, you, you, the baseball season, very rarely until you get down the last couple of days of the season can you say it's a must win, but this is about as close to a must win as we've had in the next, last few years, less of, you know, elimination games. So our guys know that. Um, you know, we have not been able to solve their pitching. It seems like we get their starters on the ropes a little bit, and then we let them off the hook, and then their bullpen comes in, and we don't have an answer for that. So a lot of these games that we've lost to these guys have been the same theme, and that's been it. Uh, and we have to push earlier in the game. We have to score some runs and make sure that, the, you know, their last three or four guys don't end up coming in the game at the end. You know, we've talked about the struggles of your bullpen, but talk about lately your bullpen has been very good for you. 
They had, you know what? And for two thirds of the season, they were really good. There was just one stretch there where it was really bad. It was dramatic, and you you feel those games more than more than other games. And it feels like the world's coming to an end, and you can't. There's no lead that you can't hold. And that went on for a period of what two or three weeks, and now it seems to have solidified some. So, you know that that's more the norm of what this bullpen's done for us this year. Um, so hopefully that continues, and hopefully the bats come around like they did you know, a week or so ago. You know, I think about a godsend of a, a veteran catcher and listening to Jan Gomes the other day, talk about how he went to Lou Trevino and said, listen, you're a closer. You need two pitches. You don't need four pitches. You're not a starter. You're a closer. And to have that kind of veteran presence for him to be able to tell a player, listen, let's go with the fastball. Let's go with the changeup. Everything else, forget about it. These are your two best pitches right now. This is how we're going to attack hitters. That is such like that that sage, that veteran catcher move. Just talk about what Jan has brought to your ball club, especially your pitching staff, and what he's done for Lou Trevino. Yeah, and it's 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 difficult to do that when you come to a new team and you come you know more than halfway into the season. You know, it takes some time to learn these guys, and and you know it's one of the reasons that we identified him as we thought he'd be able to to do that. And it's not an easy thing to do. So whether it's, you know, getting video of our guys before we even got here, whether it's sitting down on games he doesn't start and, and talks to our guys and watches them the bullpen, catches them the bullpen, it's a, it's a quick study in the game. So he's been able to identify that pretty quickly, lose certainly one of the cases that you're talking about. Um, but the toughest part is that we have two good catchers here, and Sean Murphy needs to play a little bit too. So you know, as far as today's go game goes with Gomes and his numbers off left-handed pitching, uh, he's in their DH and, you know, obviously with uh, Bassett pitching and Murph catching his games, he'll be behind the plate. But Jan is, he's a very calm guy. He talks to pitchers very easily and, and makes them feel confident. And there aren't too many guys around that can do that. How emotional will it be for the entire organization, let alone in that dugout, when Chris Bassett takes the mound today? Yeah, I think, you know, there, there are certain times during the course of a season that you have to step back and, and get a little perspective. You know, it's been a month and feels like it's been five days. It feels like it's been a year. So uh, just to know who he is and, you know, what his path's been and, and now that he's back and trying to, you know, give us a, a, a push here at the end when he really doesn't have to, uh, that that's that's that stuff that's the you know, you really should understand and be aware of that this guy is all about the team right now and he's not thinking about his own health. He just wants to help his team win. So I, I think all our guys are, are going to, you know, take notice of that early in the game today, be understanding of where he's come from and what he's trying to do. So Chris Bassett's been our guy, you know, for the better part of a year and a half as far as our ace, and he looks forward to getting out on the mound again today. You know, it's not often that you see EMTs come out onto the field. That's something that uh, normally is something that you see in the NFL. And the fact that what he went through and the surgeries and all the doctor's appointments and everything, I mean, and, and just talk about he's wanted to go a lot earlier than this. You kind, you guys kind of had to pull him back and save him from himself. Yeah, you know, when you, you we saw him the day after the or the second day after it happened, it doesn't even cross your mind that he's going to pitch again. You're just hoping that he's going to be okay. There aren't going to be ramifications down the road. His eyesight's going to be okay. And then hopefully he's around us 
enough to to be impactful as he is in our clubhouse. The fact that you know that that he talked about pitching right away, you're you're like, yeah, yeah, you know, whatever. But we just want you to be healthy. And now here we are. He's stepping on the mound today, so he wasn't kidding. And and you know his focus was was that right away and trying to get back as quickly as he can and help his team. And that's what he's doing today. And it's not like he's been gone that long. And he talked about, you know, if every single pitcher could get a little break during the season, you know, ideally once the adrenaline starts pumping, what do you think he could give you like innings wise? Well, what I, what he thinks he can give us and what we need to do to be prudent and understand not only what he's been through and with, you know, what's going on with his eye and his face, but also, you know, he could get injured with the adrenaline in his arm too. We're not going to push him too much today. I mean, I, I honestly, and I, I haven't said this media wise, I think 50 pitches is probably going to be the absolute top for him today. And then we look at two more starts coming down the stretch where you can incrementally improve upon that. But we also have to understand that we don't want to put this guy's arm in jeopardy. He hasn't thrown a ton and really didn't throw a bunch coming back to where he's starting again today. So we, you know, we rely on our training staff to, uh, to be have significant input in this. And, and like I said, I think 50 pitches is probably top today. You know, we had Sean Doolittle on the show, A's Cast Live, and we were at our set there by the dugout, and you were heckling Sean Doolittle. Uh, it was pretty funny as we were doing the interview. There is just something about that era of A's baseball, 12, 13, and 14, the players, you, the fan base, just a really special time. And Sean Doolittle said so many great things about you. And I know he's been in your office quite a bit since the Mariners have been here. What does that group of players mean to you? That, that, that was, you know, that's my first couple of years here. And what we accomplished in 12, nobody forgets that. And, you know, even when a guy like Elvis comes over and talks about, you know, you, you, the last weekend of the season and how you were kind of frightened for your own well-being with, the packed house and when Oakland A's fans are packed and excited, it is not, it is unlike anything else. I mean, those were just absolutely fantastic times. And, you know, I have very few things. You've been in my office. I have very few things in my office. I have Dan, the green photos uh, up on my wall. And then I have bobbleheads of the guys that have meant the most to me here uh, in Oakland and right there prominent and right there in the front row is Sean Doolittle. And I sent him a picture of that the other day and he came in here and we've talked a few times and, you know, he's had a lot going on in his career since then. He's won a world championship, but he harkens back to those days that are probably his most exciting days and most fulfilling that, you know, he came to where he did from a first baseman. Next thing you know, he's in the big leagues as a pitcher. And this is where he cut his teeth and really became a, a bona fide big leaguer. So the, the, there are a lot of guys that are in that same ilk that, that remember those days and the, those teams and how exciting that was and how exciting a place the Coliseum was to play then. So we kind of rehashed that a little bit, talked about it some, and uh, those are days you'll never forget. Yeah, and you think about, I kind of compare it to the We Believe team with the Warriors because that We Believe team that upset the Mavericks, who were a number one seed, would then go on and lose the next round. But like us as Warrior fans, we treat that team like they won a championship, even though they didn't. I think the 2012 team, is very similar to the We Believe team. Yes, lost to Detroit, but the moment was so special, it felt like it was more. It did. And, and you know, when we won that last game and, and to be in first place for the first time all season, 
And it was so emotional. You know, it, Grant Balfour was not supposed to pitch that inning, by the way. It was the sixth day in a row, I believe, five or six. But he, he got up in the bullpen, and Kurt Young told me, there's nothing you're going to be able to do about this. Let, <laughs> let's run down there and sit him down. But that's just the feeling that it was. It was a team that came completely out of nowhere and, you know, accomplished some things that felt like they were bigger than they were. Less Verlander, there's no telling where that thing ends up. But um, like you said, it, 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 it felt like a little bit more than where we actually ended up being because it was it united a city at the time when the team was down for a while and the group of guys here were so into it and it was so electric, such a special time. So I agree with you. It was, it was a lot like the We Believe team. Uh, let's end on this. Your last two ejections have been by rules that were not correct. It's not like it's not like you just came out of nowhere and started arguing. There are actually rules in baseball by umpires that were not done correctly. How do you handle that? Well, that was a tough one because, first of all, you know, it was a foul ball. Yes. Second of all, there was no timeout when they didn't call a foul ball. And then to eject my bench coach for telling me, which is his job, uh, that it was a foul ball, even though it's it's not a reviewable uh, uh, type incident, but his job is to get on the phone and let me know. Uh, it, it just seemed really weird. There were some there were some strange ejections, and it just felt really funky. And I, I really wasn't yelling at him. I was trying to protect my guy because. A lot of times when coaches get thrown out, they either get suspended or they get a hefty fine. And I was trying to explain to him that he was talking to me and not him. And it just got out of hand a little bit, unfortunately. Uh, probably an ejection that you don't see very often. Is there anything you guys can do with the league and say, hey, listen, these are the rules. Rules are not being followed and we're getting thrown out. Yeah, I think the league does a pretty good job of, of taking a look at this in entirety and seeing both sides. So that's always kind of the case. Um, and I'm sure the league will be on top of this one. Great stuff as always, Bob. We'll talk to you next week. You got it, Tony. That's the Bob Melvin Show brought to you by Nest Betting. Love where you sleep. Check out their locations in the Bay Area or you go online to nestbedding.com. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off your entire order. Your bed, all your betting. Use the coupon code Oakland to get 10% off. That's nestbetting.com, the sponsor of the Bob Melvin Show. This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics. Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash 
the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based championship team. 